Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. So glad that you've joined us today. We have a subject that I believe is going to not only be uh, instructive but and inspiring today, but I believe it's going to be something that is so vitally important that you don't want to miss this this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. We're living in a world today that is so absolutely sin-darkened. You know, the scripture said that darkness in the old covenant, that darkness would cover the earth and gross darkness would cover the people. And in the midst of all of this darkness, the Bible said that we are to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon us and shall be seen upon us. It's Isaiah 60. It is so important today that we let our light shine in this sin-darkened world. Friend of mine, today God has called every child of His to stand and be counted today. Uh, The great Christian hymn of old said, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. And today, I pray that you will stay tuned for this broadcast. And if you don't know Jesus, do not exempt yourself. We want you to know what the Spirit is saying unto the church and what God's Spirit is saying unto you through His Word and through His servants and by the Holy Spirit Himself. Amen. I pray before the broadcast that that uh, that as I yield myself to the Holy Spirit, that I, I make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, that He might speak to me, that He might speak through me. And today, I pray that we will hear more than just someone reading the Scripture, but we will hear the Lord speak to our life and speak to our heart. Oh, that's that the Logos is the written word on the page, and it's holy and eternal. But the Rhema is when it comes off the page and gets into your mind and then drops into your heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then it comes back up out of your heart into your mind and, and uh, renews your the spirit of your mind and transforms your life. Well, that's a little complicated, but it is a powerful truth in the Word of God. Amen. We've been talking about this this different value system in the marketplace and the culture, this kingdom in conflict with the kingdom of the world kingdoms of the world. And we're talking about who switched the price tags, keeping Christian values, spiritual values in a world that is diametrically different and diametrically opposed to this this kingdom that is in us and that we are in today. And we talked about precious things out of first and second Peter. And the first thing we talked about kind of didn't sound like it belonged in the list initially, and it was trials, the trial that brought us closer to God. 
that caused our faith in Christ to be more solid and more substantial, to teach us to have more confidence and trust in Him and less in ourselves, that trials become precious, the trine of our faith becomes precious. We should see it differently than, than we would see it through the eyes of the flesh. And that the blood of Jesus is precious. And you can see the difference in the two kingdoms. Because in the kingdom of God, the blood of Jesus is called more precious than, than silver or gold. Trials more precious than gold that perisheth. You can see the difference in the, in what the world values materially and what the Christian should value spiritually. And the person who shed his blood, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that, that, that chief cornerstone of our faith, the central figure of the gospel is Jesus Christ. And we should hold him precious according to first Peter. And today we're talking about the faith that was delivered to the saints and the faith it produced in the saints out of second Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. That faith and our faith is precious and we should guard it as a precious possession and hold it as the most precious possession of our life. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 1 today simply says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to read now from the book of Jude, the last book before the last book. Amen. Just before the book of Revelation in the scripture, the first three verses, the general epistle of Jude. And it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I want to stop right there a moment and define the faith. The faith is that body of truth that we have preserved for us in the Word of God today. You know, the Bible said that, that our faith is built upon the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself being the chief cornerstone and precious. Hallelujah. Amen. And it goes on to say that there is no other foundation that any man can lay than that that has been laid. And that's how we keep the faith today, because we do not allow anyone, literally the scripture puts it into a simple formula, let God be true and every man the liar. Everyone who contends with, conflicts with, denies the truth of Scripture, the veracity of it, the, the absolute truth of it, the integrity of it, the inspiration of it. You know, this is not just a book 
This is the Holy Bible, written by holy men when moved on by the Holy Spirit. And today, in many circles and many denominational organizations, there's there's a dissecting of the Word of God. There's a taking away of what doesn't fit in into political correctness or into the cultural value system. And friend of mine, that's a very dangerous thing, according to the Word of God. We're told in the last book of the Bible not to take away from nor add to the prophecies of this book. And because it's the last book of the Bible and God has preserved it to be so, the book of Revelation, amen, it's not just about that book, but the book as a whole. And there are other warnings not to take from, not to add to, dire warnings of God's judgments. Oh, there's, we take such liberties with the holy things today, and it is a dangerous thing to do. And we need men and women of God. And we need, we need servants of God that will stand their ground today. That will stand up for God's truth today. As the ancient hymn has said, stand up. Not ancient in terms of all the way back to Christ's day, but, but back to the turn of the century. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. This is so vital today that we count the faith precious and that we do not take from, we do not add to, but we hold high, hallelujah, the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For verse 4 here says in the book of Jude, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, today it's so important that we hold fast to the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. And in order to do that, we need to count the faith as precious today. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the the scriptures are very clear. Jesus said, when I return to the earth, shall I find faith. He's not talking about people believing him for great mansions, for 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 the most expensive automobiles, for to live some lavish lifestyle upon the earth, and therefore reflect faith toward God or in Christ. It's it's that word for faith that simply means fidelity. That means faithfulness. In other words, will I find a church? Will I find a body of people upon the earth that have not forsaken the faith that was once that that are standing true to God by keeping the faith? The ancient greeting to one another, the ancient greeting when our uh, benediction when people would disperse after having a meeting was keep the faith. And the exhortation today when we come together is simply to keep the faith by being faithful to God, to His Word, to His Son. Hallelujah. To be upstream Christians indeed in a down 
stream world. The scripture said that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but that we should exhort one another daily. So we don't just need preachers to stand true and uncompromised in pulpits in, in America and leaders of denominations. We need one another today. And we need to exhort, and that means to strongly encourage in right living. It simply means to encourage one another to keep the faith. Glory be to God. Amen. And that's what we want to be to you today. We want to exhort you as a Christian to keep the faith and define the faith by going to the Word of God again and again and re-examining the truth that has been preserved all of these these decades and all of these centuries to us in the 21st century. In the postmodern world, we need the faith of our fathers. Hallelujah. We need the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And we need it as it was written then, not edited uh, not dissected, uh, not not, but we need it as it was written. Praise God, and we need it in our life to help us keep the faith. I want to answer with an affirmative, a resonant affirmative. When Jesus comes, shall I find faith? People keeping the faith, following the faith. Oh yes, I want to say yes, you will. Because there are so many Christians today that are tempted and tested. But the Bible said we are kept by the power of God. And there's an Old Testament scripture, Isaiah 60, I believe. And it says this. It says, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. And in the midst of that kind of circumstance, it said, arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee, and shall be seen upon thee. Glory be to God. Amen. That correlates perfectly with Jesus saying, You are the light of the world to every believer. Men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And those good works are not just social things uh, like helping people in need. It is keeping the faith. It is following Jesus. It's living a, a, a life with values that are diametrically different from a sin-darkened, blinded, fallen world about us. Oh, friend of mine, the call to stand true to God, the call to stand up for Christ, the call to keep the faith has never been stronger than it is in this last day generation. You know, in Sunday school, we used to sing when I was a child, we used to sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. 
Let it shine all over Plant City. Let it shine all over Tampa. Let it shine all over America. Let it shine all over the world. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Oh, friend, I could never sing it that way again. Listen, this light is not a little light. It is a mighty revelation of God and of Christ and of His plan of salvation. It is a bright, burning sun in the midst of a sin-darkened world. (laughs) This bright light of ours, we must let it shine. Jesus said, no man lights a candle, puts it under a bushel, but holds it high that all in the house might see. Praise God. Amen. And he says this, that in the midst, or the scripture says this, in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, ye shine as lights in the world. There's no doubt about it. We are called to be God's luminaries in a sin-darkened world. We must therefore stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Hallelujah. Friend of mine today, this is the great call of God. You know, the Bible said we've been translated, if you're a Christian, translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. It goes on to say in another portion that we're a peculiar people in that respect. We are, we are blood-bought, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, translated out, brought into God's kingdom. And we are, as that peculiar people, that holy nation, we are to show forth the praises of Him that brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Hallelujah. It's not a little light. It is a bright, searing light. It shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There's no occasion where darkness has ever conquered light. Light always dispels and defeats darkness. And that's why we as Christians are told to put on the armor of light, that armor of truth and revelation, praise God, and realization that we're part of a different kingdom because we serve a different king. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friend of mine, that 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 can only occur. See, Satan can't put out the light as the prince of darkness. He can only cause those who are the bearers of that light, the reflectors of that light, to put the light under a bushel, to become like the world in order to be embraced by the world until we do not let our light shine before men. Oh, friend of mine, if there ever is a call to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you as it is written. For what fellowship hath light with darkness, or Christ with Belial? Belial literally representing the devil himself. See, we can't eat from the table of devils and at the table of the Lord. We have to, 
be a sanctified people. And it doesn't mean self-righteous. It doesn't mean that we speak condescendingly to people or accusingly to people. All we have to do is follow Jesus. Amen. And our light will shine. Praise God. Anyone with a, with a, a, a porch light, that light can be left on all day long. And no one will notice it. That 60 watt or 100 watt bulb can be left on all day. And as long as the daylight is surrounding it, no one notices the light. But at midnight, that light is not diminished because of the darkness that surrounds it. That light is enhanced. That light is noticed a long way away. Praise God. On a winter's night in a blizzard, a candle in a window in the old days would 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 cause someone to find their way home because light dispels the darkness and the darkness never defeats the light. So the pressure's on you as a Christian and me as a Christian to put the light under a bushel to hide the reality that we are followers of Jesus Christ, to hide that fact, to be ashamed of the gospel and not to lift high Jesus' banner. Friend of mine, just live for God. They will notice you. In fact, Jesus said you'll be like a city set on a hill which cannot be hid. And the devil's counting on us putting it under a bushel because he can't put it out. Oh, friend, today, oh, stand up. Stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. We have like precious faith because our standing with the Lord is the same as the apostles over 2,000 years ago. Our faith is precious because it encapsulates the Savior and the sacrifice. It's all about Jesus, the Lamb of God. At the core of the gospel is the Redeemer, and our faith and our trust center upon Him. If we keep the faith, we will have great faith in Him, because the faith presents Christ as the chief corner stone, precious. Hallelujah. Amen. Peter knew his faith was precious. He knew it was God-given. His faith came from hearing and believing the words of Jesus Christ. He knew Christ, and the opening sentence of this second letter claims he was a faithful servant of his. Peter grew in faith, remembering, no doubt, the times he failed Jesus, the sinking in the Sea of Galilee in the bitter flow of tears when the rooster crowed at dawn. Oh, friend! He saw his own faithfulness, but he knew the grace, he knew the love, he knew the power of God through trusting Christ. And Peter overcame. Praise God. And Peter lived out his life in great victory. Praise the Lord. Peter hoped for better things, and that hope sustained his faith. He stayed with it and came away with a faith purer than gold. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why in First and Second Peter, 
you can see his value system reflecting that faith and how he held Christ precious, the blood of Christ precious. Oh, the trial he went through precious because he drew closer to Jesus through it and discovered the great grace and mercy of God. And he held the faith that was delivered unto the saints precious to his soul and precious to his own heart. A friend of mine, today we need to hold the faith precious, to never let down the standard that God has set and the truth that God has sent to us. Hallelujah. And as we do, we're going to find ourselves being faithful to God, faithful to follow Christ uphill Christians in a downhill world, not slipping back, not drifting away, but staying close to God and following Him with a fervent love commitment that causes us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow Jesus. What a life that we can live that will cause others to see the glorious light of the kingdom of God in this sin-blinded, sin-darkened world. Oh, I love that scripture. It's prophetic, I believe, of more than ancient Israel, but us today. Darkness shall cover the earth. Thick, gross darkness shall cover the people. And the admonition and the exhortation is to arise during that very time and shine. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you and shall be seen upon you. Hallelujah. You know the great prayer of Jesus as we close today in John's Gospel, chapter 17. For us as believers, He said, Father, do not take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. Oh, friend, what a prayer that he prayed. He said, "He said there is grace sufficient. There is power and strength available that they can live in victory in a fallen world and be a light to that world and be salt to that earth. Oh, friend, today we are God's luminaries. In the midst, the scripture declares of a wicked and perverse generation, ye shine as lights in the world. And my admonition and exhortation to you today as a believer is keep the faith. Keep it. And if you don't understand it and know it, get back in the Word of God and see what God has said. That great body of truth Put up a real fight for it because there are forces and there are people that are trying to dismantle it, dissect it, tear it apart until it doesn't even resemble the original. And therefore it loses its power to represent the kingdom of God and the king of glory. Amen. So I encourage you today to keep the faith. And I encourage you likewise today that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, that this would be the day that you 
quit running from Him, that you run to Him, and that you understand what's going to occur when you decide to get off the road to destruction and get on the narrow road that leads to life eternal and glory. That you decide you don't want to stay in that prison of habit and sin chained with mighty chains of darkness. The amazing thing that's going to occur when you decide to come to Jesus is that hell can't hold you captive. Satan can't keep you in darkness and bondage. Something mighty in the spirit realm is going to occur. You're going to be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear Son. When you repent of your sin, receive Christ as your Savior and your new King and Master. And from that point forward, you can let your light, this mighty light of mine, I'm going to let it shine <laughs> until Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, come to Jesus today and become a living, breathing reflection of the mighty kingdom of God. And Father, I pray for every Christian today that may be drifting from you that they will begin once again to keep the faith because they hold it so precious in their heart and in their life. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.